This is the Podcasters Club, brought to you by Precision Podcasting. I am your host, Kane Power. Man, it's not until you get on a mic with your headphones on and your voice in your ears that you realise uh, how um, hard you went last night. Uh, I can definitely tell that my voice is a bit stuffed, so apologies for that. But this episode, I'm talking to Brody Kane. Now, Brody is a podcaster and podcast producer, and she has a background in journalism and radio broadcasting. She now runs Brody Kane Media, her own podcast network, which creates popular podcasts like The Girls Uninterrupted, Kiwi Yarns, Out the Gate, and Three Gals, One Beehive, all of which are regulars on the New Zealand podcast charts. Also, as I found out at the start of our conversation, Brody has just been on Dancing with the Stars, and not only did she compete, she made it to the grand final and came in second place, which is an insane amount of work and dedication and really shows you the type of person that we're dealing with here. In this episode, Brody shares so much knowledge and amazing advice, and I just can't wait for you to hear it. So let's dive in and let Brody tell us a little bit about herself. Hello everyone, my name is Brody Kane. I am a journalist and have worked in various pockets of the media industry here in Aotearoa for about 14 odd years. I grew up in Christchurch, moved to Auckland once I finished journalism at the University of Canterbury. I worked in radio and then a little trip overseas in between and then I came back and worked for TVNZ for nearly six years on Q&A, Seven Sharp, Fair Go and Breakfast. And then I moved back down to Christchurch, worked on the Hits radio station 2020, got made redundant, used the lockdown to think, what the hell am I going to do now? And had always had a vision of working for myself or being my own boss. And after many hours thinking about how that would work, I set up Brodie Kane Media, which I'm the CEO of, and I'm also the CFO, and oh, that's actually probably not quite true because I do have an accountant, but the COO and the cleaner and the head of HR and all of those things, and one of the bits of the business that I'm really trying to focus on at the moment and in sort of recent months is building up a little bit of an independent podcast network, so we have the Girls Uninterrupted, we've actually been going for, I think it's nearly four years. Kiwi Yarns, which is me chatting with wonderful New Zealanders about their stories. We now have three gals, one beehive, which is three wonderful women who've worked in pockets of the media and and in the beehive. And so they have a weekly kind of light chat about the politics of the week. And then the most recent one being Out the Gate with Maddie McLean, Brad Christensen and Chris Henry, and that's their life through the lens of the LGBTQIA plus community. So that's sort of the area that I'm focusing on as we speak now. I'm deep in the bowels of dancing on Dancing with the Stars, and if I was brutally (laughs) honest with you, that has completely taken over my life. So basically just right now, all I am is doing is dancing. (laughs) So that's me right now. Are you really? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, amazing. I, I had no idea. That's so awesome. Oh, you've got to watch. <laughs> Crikey. Yes, watch on Sunday night. Is it on um, TVNZ On Demand? It's actually on TV3. <laughs> I don't have TV. <laughs> well, you can watch it on the 3 Now app. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Holy shit, that's so awesome. Um, can we just do a little side note on 
Dancing with the Stars. How did you get onto that? They just asked and I said yes. Um, When I was a little girl, I always used to like pretty dresses and things like that. And then I got like quite heavily involved in sport, but there's always been that dream to be able to learn to dance. So now it's like a extreme crash course in learning to dance in front of the nation. So wow. I've survived two weeks. We're just heading into weekend three. There's seven of us left and it's a pretty wild ride. Absolutely exhausted. Body hurts everywhere, but it's amazing. How much work are you doing for that? We're training about five hours a day. On the weekends, so on the Saturday is like almost a full day of like dress rehearsals and getting your spray tan and going to the osteo and getting your nails done, all the prep for the Sunday. And then the Sunday you're there all day as well doing more rehearsals and all your hair and makeup. And then, of course, there's a Monday night show. So Saturday, so so there's no... There's no day off. So five hours a day in the build-up, and then you're there all day, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Wow. And is this something that you've been interested in previously? Like, do you have a history of of dancing? (laughs) No, absolutely not. (laughs) Unless, you know, you consider after a couple of Fantas, a few drinks and a bit of a boogie (laughs) at the pub. But no, I've I've never danced properly. It's amazing because you're, you know, like when you're an adult, You've kind of figured out the things that you enjoy doing, the things that you like doing. You've sort of got rid of the things that you don't. And you sort of tend to not feel like you really need to learn too much else because you're like, oh, I'm an adult now. You know, it's just about doing boring things like paying mortgages and stuff like that. So it's quite mentally tough because you're learning something and a lot of the moves and a lot of the techniques and that are the opposite of what your body normally does. So it's very tricky. That is wild. That's so cool. Oh, good on you. Thank you. (laughs) Some hard work. Um, Okay, well, podcasting. So you produce shows, and I kind of want to clear that up for our listeners. Do you want to maybe just talk a little bit about what you do in the role of a producer? Like, what is a producer in the terms of podcasting? I think one of the great things about podcasting is it's still in that period where, you know, in New Zealand we tend to be and bless us, it's absolutely fine because we're in, you know, the corner of the world. But we're a little, you know, we are always a little bit slower on the uptake. So it is still, you know, sort of in that real blowing up stage now. I have been a producer before in terms of other jobs. Like I was a producer on the political show Q&A. Like, and then I've obviously moved into being in front of a camera on a microphone and radio as well. But there's something really cool about working behind the scenes and putting something together. So... With the two podcasts that I produce, Three Gals, One Beehive and Out the Gate, they were sort of like, I guess, visions I had to diversify the products available to people in terms of, you know, for want of a better term, content. I mean, we've come a long way in in all sense of um, mainstream media and representation, but, you know, you still think there's always like, a man and a woman reading the news or two guys and a chick on the radio and we are getting a lot better. But I sort of thought with three gals, I was like, how nice is it that it's three women talking about politics and that it can be a lighter discussion so it's a bunch of smart chicks that sometimes it's not even, you know, that it is about politics but they can talk about the Met Gala and things like that. And without the gate, three gay men talking about life through their lens and 
So the motivation has been to create more options for people in terms of stuff that we're all interested in in our daily lives. And so I guess my role as a producer has been to set those up, figure out the vision, the target audiences, and then I guess help and guide them editorially to a point where they're comfortable in their own show but, you know, give them advice and, and tips and tricks on on the art of storytelling, which is hugely important um, so that you're still reminding yourself to talk to your audience. So you might be sitting three people in a room, but you're talking to people that are listening to you. So it's a mix of everything, really. And, it, but, and, I, and then, of course, you've got the technical side of things. So editing them at the end, distributing them, and then, you know, making sure that particularly in this day and age that you're pushing it out there on on social media. So those are sort of the tasks, the various tasks of being behind the scenes. Yeah. And so, I mean, in, in that role, you're kind of producer, manager, editor, promoter, <laughs> doing all of those things. Which is cool. I, I do enjoy that. And, you know, like trying to learn to be a sales rep at the same time. Um, yeah, it's a great feeling and, and it's lovely to have just a really small team, our little families. And, you know, like the girls, the political gals, Amy, Liz and Rachel live, like Liz lives in the Hakataramea Valley, which is in the middle of nowhere, near Kurao, sort of um, central-ish Otago. Rach is in Christchurch and Amy's in Auckland. So trying to facilitate that and the technology is often quite, not without its challenges, but it's a really enjoyable platform. Like I really think podcasts, when they're done well and are designed for, you know, to cater to an audience, I think that's a, it's a really cool way to share information and share stories. Yeah, so much. I really appreciate what you're saying about target audience. And that's something that I want to get into because I talk about this all the time with new podcasters. You know, you need to figure out who you're speaking to because otherwise you're just speaking to everybody and therefore speaking to nobody. So when you're starting out with a show, let's use the uh, Three Girls One Beehive show. How do you start to figure out who that podcast is for? Well, so I think with that one, the idea of it, was and is that it's something that an audience might want to listen to that are not particularly interested in politics. They're not watching Question Time. They're not interested in watching some of the more, you know, pointy-headed or super academic kind of analysis, in-depth analysis in politics. They just want to chuck something on at the end of the week to get a bit of a okay, I can go to the dinner party tonight and I can be like, gosh, did you hear what Christopher Luxton said or whatever? So it's not designed for a political expert to be like, oh, I must listen to that to get my insights into the nitty gritty of parliament. It's more for the people that aren't so much interested in it, but are quite keen to keep abreast of things. Did you just come up with that? Like, are you making an avatar? Like, when you've got the idea for the show and you're saying, okay, it's going to be lighthearted political takes, um, we think, you know, not super serious, but, you know, enough kind of content to keep people up to date. Did you sort of go, okay, well, it's going to be aimed at 40-year-old women and 38-year-old men? Or, like, can you kind of expand on the parameters there? I don't always necessarily think it has to be age-defined anymore. 
We know that if you were to look at what the podcast audience is, it would be predominantly, you know, that kind of millennial type and then probably, a, you know, a fair whack of, what are they, Gen Zers? But I remember having a chat with a couple of my really close friends. And so that's sort of where a seed was planted because they're just like, I don't care enough to, like, watch the politicians in the house or anything like that, but I do like to keep up to date. And, like, every now and then a friend will be like, hey, well, can you just explain what's happened? Like, what's this in the news and stuff? So it was that was sort of like, you know, some months before and it was I was thinking, well, that would be quite a cool thing. And then... Ended up going down and and Liz, who works on the podcast, she's got the, the, the place down in the Hakataramu Valley and they've got these amazing boutique tree houses that you can go and stay at. And I went and stayed there. And we were, she was talking about it. She said she'd always wanted to do a political one. And I was like, well, I've always thought that something like that would be cool. And I explained to her what, what I thought, though, like, I feel like there's a gap in the market for just a doesn't have to be so serious and dry and she was kind of like, yeah, I like the sound of that. And I was like, well, let's keep the conversation going. Then, mere days later, Amy actually slid into my DMs and was like, I know that you've got your business. I know that you're interested in podcasts. And then sort of had this spiel and I was like, I think the stars might be aligning. And then, so I linked those two together and then Liz was like, oh, I've got this great mate, Rach. She's really funny. And so then we just started the conversation from there and sort of, you know, did a lot of pre-work as well, um, a lot of sort of practice episodes because they, like Liz and Rachel know each other but they didn't know Amy, so a lot of just sort of familiarisation and working on flow and and a structure of, of how the show would work. And so, yeah, a lot of pre-stuff before we launched it, but really, really cool how it all came together. When you're creating those episodes, when um, your three hosts are creating the episodes, are they considering the audience, like, and are you considering the audience while you're doing it? Like, are you thinking, okay, this week's episode is going to be about this? Do you have your audience in mind while you're creating the episode is what I'm asking? Yeah, absolutely. So it's it's keeping to that theme of, like, this, you know, there's a structure which has, they just chat a little bit about as if you're catching up with your mates. Um, and then it's sort of, they all have a, a what have you seen that's happened during the week? And that can be political or otherwise. And then the middle theme of the podcast is getting into a topic, getting unstuck. So that's always like what's happened that's interesting enough for us to have a discussion about. And, you know, they have differing views, which I think is really important and different perspectives as well. And so that sort of can give you that sitting at home. It's not too like, what? I don't understand that. It's just like they'll do a bit of a... I guess, a summary and then rip into it. So it, it is, it's always with the audience in mind so that they understand and that they've tuned in for 30 or 40 minutes and they're like, cool, all right, I've got something that I can go and say over the weekend with my mates. Yeah. And what do you think between Three Girls, One Beehive and Out the Gate? Obviously different audiences, but Out the Gate has a much more niche kind of audience. Do you notice differences between the delivery of the content, but also the pickup of the content because of the niche? The funny thing actually about Out the Gate, well, actually we had a lovely message Maddie actually just sent to me this morning. You know, it's three gay men. You'd think, oh, well, it will just be gay men listening. It shouldn't just be. But the funny thing is a lot of women, a lot of older women, and I think a bit of a crossover actually from the girls uninterrupted, mm. Um, but we got Maddie got this message this morning and it said, 
Uh, and by the way, the listeners of Out the Gate have already named themselves Gators. So that's pretty cool. Ten weeks in, they're already got a <laughs> that's nickname. Amazing. So he got this message saying, "Also, I'm one of those mums that is a Gator, and I just wanted to say thank you for offering your support and knowledge to anyone. My kids are both still very young." but I'm totally open to any path they all choose in their life. And I love listening to the three of you every week. So where you might think, oh, yep, cool, the target audience is the LGBTQIA plus community, you can be really pleasantly surprised that you're hitting other pockets. And then you go, that's awesome. And I think it's important to acknowledge that within your shows. Be like, gosh, we love our mom. We love our mom gators, you know, and um, because sometimes it does strike a chord with people that might not specifically be in your target market, but that's that means you're doing a bloody good job and the boys are doing a bloody good job. Yeah, that's incredible. I do have a little bit of personal experience uh, with a similar podcast. Have you heard Sexual Transmission, the NZ AIDS Foundation show? I haven't listened to it, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Yep, yeah. So I, I do that show with them and just listening to their episodes and it's targeted at gay men, but their listener base is, ev- is everybody really. And like, I love working on those episodes um, just because it's a different perspective and I'd learn so much. And even if I wasn't working on the episodes, I'd probably listen just because they're so amazing. They're entertaining and funny. And it's a, an entirely different perspective, which can be so refreshing and wonderful. Well, it's funny, isn't it as well? Because When you think about target audiences, I think it's important to try and remind yourself of that, but you sort of do start to feel funny about putting a label. You know, we're trying to take labels off, you know, in society. So I I sometimes just go, okay, sure, the girls uninterrupted is female skewed. But, we've, you know, we've also had guys go, gosh, I've listened to a couple of episodes. Thank you. I've, you know, got some good advice to go home with the wife kind of thing. So I feel like... (laughs) um, Target audiences and that are by and large as well also for, you know, selling things. Yep. So I think it's important to appreciate that a, having a target audience in mind is really good, but I also do feel funny about it and go, they're for anyone. Yeah, ultimately it comes down to creating the content that you want to create that you think is going to be special and maybe just considering who you're putting it out to, but not, you know, caring too much, you know, not getting too hardcore about it. Yeah. Okay. Well, when you were starting a new show, when like when we left off with the story just before Three Girls, One Beehive, you've gotten everyone together. It's sort of the stars are aligning. What do you do? So, you know, you've done a few practice episodes, amazing advice, by the way, get a few under your belt, figure out how it works, get your dynamic down. Okay. Once you've got your episode out and you're like, well, you know, we've got a few in the bag, we're about to release. How do you go about getting it in front of people? At the moment, a good effective tool is, of course, social media. So, I mean, I'm very grateful and lucky to have a pretty cool and loyal following on social media and people that have, I guess, watched my career development, particularly going out alone, and so are very supportive of that. So it is effective when you're like, hey, guys, here's a new one. Give it a listen. Let me know what you think. And and so that's sort of the where it sort of sits at the moment. So at the moment, really, most of the, I guess, getting the word out, particularly in the last couple of years, you know, during the pandemic and we've been home and stuff like that, it has primarily been social media. One of my sort of next challenges is to look at 
different and more effective ways to market them and get them out there so that more people know about them. So I don't have the answer exactly as to how, you know, there's certainly different ways to do that, but that's one of my sort of upskilling goals this year is to figure out, I mean, you know, it's great that you can maintain an audience and grow it, but, you know, what are some of those next steps? But I also believe in traditional and organic growth and word of mouth as well. So, you know, I don't think you need to do some really aggressive marketing and stuff like that, but just sort of trying to find the right balance. Yeah, totally. And it's a similar thing to music, right? People start listening to new podcasts because their friend told them about the podcast. It's quite unlikely that they're going to be scrolling down Facebook and see an audiogram or a promo reel for a new podcast and actually click on it, let alone listen to it and go start listening to the podcast. It might get the name in front of them. So when their friend comes to them and says, hey, listen to the girls uninterrupted, they'll go, oh, I've heard about that. Mm. Uh, And then they'll start. But yeah, word of mouth, definitely. Okay, well then once you've got people, how do you keep them? What, what are some things uh, that you do to retain your audience? I think all of the podcasts are weekly. So none of them at the moment are like a series, you know, and that's quite challenging. That's just me personally. I think if you've got something that is regular for people, it's an appointment for them. Mm. Also, particularly with, the, I guess, with the Girls Uninterrupted and Out the Gate, it's our lives. So you're keeping your lives updated through with kind of like never-ending story arcs. You know, we've had with the Girls Uninterrupted, which was formerly called Girls on Top, went from, for instance, Caitlin deciding and sharing the story that she decided to leave her awesome, high-profile radio-producing job at ZM to leave that and move to Christchurch and train to be a nurse. And, you know, so... If, if people have picked it up and started listening to the back episodes and then they're like, oh, my God, I've just got to the point where Caitlin's decided to leave and now I know that she's a new, you know, so it's, you know, making it relatable I think is really important so that people are on the ride with you yeah, and you share your experiences in your life, you know, and, and with The Girls Uninterrupted we have you know, there's lots of girls in their 20s who will ask us questions that that we've lived through. So we're, you know, the old wise ones now. And then then you've got ones that are, that are older that just are sitting at that same, that just can absolutely relate right now. So making them relatable is hugely important and keeping them regular. You know, the first thing that I think of is like the old format of a soap opera or a sitcom. It happens every week and you know when it's going to happen. So, you you know, on Thursday night at 8 p.m., you sit down and you watch Friends or whatever, and you know the characters, you know a bit of their history, you're invested, and you love them almost. You know, you're like, you can relate to them, as you said. And so, yeah, releasing regular episodes, being authentically yourself, there's nothing better than actually just putting yourself across as you. Some people might not like it, but the people that do are going to stay around and become actual super fans. Yeah, I mean, we've certainly evolved over time, like probably, you know, in the early stages, there's stuff we would never have talked about. But we, you know, we're developing as society, you know, as developing as feeling comfortable to talk about more things as women. That's the same for us. So we'll go, you know, we'll be talking and then 
I'd be like, oh, my God, are we are we going there? Okay, no, we are going there. <laughs> and, and we're like, oh, gosh, we've just talked about hemorrhoids on bloody the <laughs> podcast and it's like, oh. And then you'll get 10 messages being like, thank you so much for doing that. Yeah, it's it's really interesting how you have the opportunity to carry that on as things progress, um, you know, for women and in society and, and many sort of issues that people are facing. So it is cool that that sort of evolves as well at the same time. Yeah, that's that's so cool. Um, something's just popped into my head. The series that you did, you did a really, really cool series and it's called the Fearless Podcast Series. Now, since we've just been talking about consistency and regular episodes, that's something that's completely opposite. I mean, you were interviewing really high-profile sportswomen. What's the difference there? Like, have, have you noticed, you know, because you see the behind-the-scenes pick up on this sort of stuff, how many people are listening and the response to it, what have you noticed is the difference between a series and a regular episode? I think there's absolutely a place for both. With the Fearless podcast, it was always the intention was for it to be a series because that's what they wanted to do. But I think that that's also like a series is also something really powerful. So if it's a a theme and it's like, well, we're going to touch on these issues, you know, you've got, you know, female empowerment and talking about the uncomfortable conversations about inequality within between men and women's sport in the professional sense. That is something that can probably be handled quite well within a six-parter. You know, quite often if people ask me about wanting to start a podcast, I'm like, okay, what are you going to talk about? Can you talk about it every week? Is it something that you can sustain? Do you have the time to do it every week? Is it appropriate to do it every week? Or have you got six? You know, I always, I don't know why I always go to six, but I always, I just kind of think six is quite a good number. Um, I'm like, have you got six episodes? Is it better as a series? You know, is it better to test the waters with a series first, see how you go, see how you like it, see how an audience responds? Mm. And so I think some of those more topic-based podcasts are probably quite quite better served that way. And then, you know, if those yeah. six go really well, then you go, great. Well, and we're going to, between now and the next six months, we're going to drop another six. So I think that can be equally as good when it is kind of more of a specific theme or a specific topic. Yeah. Oh, that's such amazing advice. I agree wholeheartedly, you know, all of the actual like topical seasons that I've enjoyed personally as a listener yeah, have, have all been about something specific. There may be not ones that I'd want to listen to every single week, you know? Yeah. But you get through the series and you feel good about it and you remember it. Okay, any tips for new podcasters starting out and they're thinking, you know, I want to build an audience from this. I want to, you know, either start a community or promote my brand or whatever it is. What would you say that they need to think about from day one? It's interesting because it's a very, as I said earlier, we've sort of picked up the pace here in New Zealand relatively recently. They've, you know, podcasts have been going a fair while now, but it is quite a saturated market now. Everyone wants to do a podcast and everyone thinks they've got something to say and everyone can buy a microphone and everyone can do a podcast. And I don't necessarily think that that's always a good thing. Into I mean, it's only when I see <laughs> stupid people saying stupid things on TikTok. But, like, I would say if that's actually something you want to do because you're really passionate about it, do it. Don't underestimate the challenges of sustaining a show, an episode, a series or whatever. I think a lot of people think that 
you just turn the microphone on and away you go. And I know that when I worked in radio, you know, you're on the radio from 6am to 9am. Sure, you kind of, in a way, make it sound like you've rolled in and it's like, woof, here we go, here we go, here we go. It just sounds like this. But a lot of hard work goes in behind the scenes. No one turns up to something without preparation. Hmm. You must prepare. Like, don't go and buy the equipment and then be like, right, cool, okay, what am I doing? You know, whatever you're doing, try out a few practice episodes. Get yourself some close mates or, like, a support network that will be honest with you to see if you're any good at it. Because for me, I've worked as a journalist for a long time in various ways, you know, in in radio and television, in longer form and short form, you know, lighter, darker. And so it's been a lot of years learning the craft of storytelling and storytelling mm. is is at the heart of of a podcast. It still is. So it's not to be underestimated. So you really have to have, you know, your T's crossed and your I's dotted. Know exactly what is it, what is the point of difference about yours? What's going to make people scroll across the Apple thing and go, oh, you know, what's that one? It's a tricky time. I believe it's quite a tricky time to to get into them because there's so many out there. But in saying that, I wouldn't say there's a massive amount of New Zealand ones still. So there is still a real great opportunity to be pumping out some locally themed podcasts. So my advice would absolutely, if that's something you want to do and you're really passionate about, like anything, do it. But just do a good, decent amount of groundwork before you go because, you know, if you think, right, cool, look, you can get the microphones and you can, oh, it's easy, there's, it's easy to publish them. And then you start and you sound terrible or you don't understand how to talk to your audience or you don't actually know how much time it takes, then you're like, oh, crap. <laughs> don't rush it and do the preparation um, before you hit publish. Amazing. Perfect advice. Think about why people would want to listen, right? Why is someone clicking on your podcast? You know, is it just you and your mate getting drunk and talking shit? Like, are you funny or have you got any kind of like reason behind it? Or is it just you and your mate getting drunk and talking shit? Because I'm not sure how many people are going to want to listen except to your group of mates, um, which is fine, I guess. But yeah, if you try and build an audience, figure out why. Absolutely. Why, the, why would they want to listen? Brody, you are amazing. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. That was fucking awesome. <laughs> you're welcome. And yeah, you're the best. <laughs> okay. Wasn't that just the absolute best? I am so grateful to Brody for her generosity with her time while she was in the middle of Dancing with the Stars and for sharing so much about how she creates her podcasts. You can find out more about Brody and her podcasts at brodykanemedia.com or click the link in the show description. And hey, while you're here and since you're still listening, How about taking a few seconds to give the Podcasters Club a rating and review on the podcast platform of your choice? That would be really cool of you. Thank you. Next time, I'll come back with a hopefully much improved voice. Till then. This podcast was created by Precision Podcasting. We make podcasts sound better. For more about what we do, resources on podcasting, and if you'd like to get in touch, visit precisionpodcasting.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Pippa Precision Pippa Podcasting. Yes, that is spelled the way that I spoke it. If you'd like to hear more episodes, make sure to hit subscribe. Thank you for listening.